Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. As always, please make sure you are liking, sharing, following, subscribing to us on whatever streaming service you are listening on. You can also rate us, give us a review, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. The support means the world and it helps us to come back each and every week with new and exciting conversations. Today, we're sitting down with Bear Reinhardt of Need to Breathe. The successful contemporary rock band made a big splash in country music earlier this year with the release of their single, I Want to Remember, featuring Carrie Underwood from their new album, Into the Mystery. Now, the album is their second in just over a year with Out of Body coming back in 2020 and the new album being released after recording in only three weeks. The band joined together in a house. They took three weeks to record and produce the album, and it is now available. We talked to Bear about his musical upbringing, the success of Need to Breathe, and of course, the new material. So please enjoy our conversation with Bear Reinhardt. We have to go back to Possum Kingdom, a small town of, I believe, what, 50 people with sort of one street, one general store growing up in church camp with your parents. Talk about that experience and what that meant for you back in those days, because I know singing in church was sort of your first inspiration with music. So back then, was it an inspiration that really caught on? And from that early age, you knew you wanted to do it as something more than just in church? Yeah, you know, um, I think I think the great the weirdest part of that growing up like that. I mean, there was like you're saying, there's one country store, gas station slash get your haircut, you know, everything. <laughs> um, uh, was that kids came in for camp every summer, so we got to see, you know, there'd be like 150 kids there, and we kind of walked around like we owned the camp. You know, we obviously didn't, but <laughs> our dad. <laughs> um, so like no rules, we were the kings of, and and I just remember. Um, the sort of entertainment part. My dad was a great entertainer. Like, um, you know, he would do these like sort of messages, I guess, but like out by the lake where a huge bonfire and he would be Indiana Jones and, and some arrow on a cable would come down and explode the fire right before, you know, it started all this like really cool theatrical things that kids loved, you know? Um, and I think probably that's what influenced me the most. You know, I would say for now what our music is like, we really learned like, how to get a crowd turned and, and how to like, you know, put yourself out there. Um, and honestly, I didn't at the time when I was out there, heard I heard plenty of country music and all those things, but mostly what I heard, my mom was a piano teacher and, you know, so kids playing music um, in my house really turned me off to music. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all day long. I was like, Oh no, not another Mary had a little lamb or whatever it was. Um, so they both, my parents were into music. My, my dad was a, a trumpet player with Roy Clark and Glenn Campbell and on the show, Hee Haw. Oh, wow. Back in the day. Yeah. So, but before he became this camp director slash pastor and all that thing. So it was all just bubbling under the surface, but to be honest, it was probably not until I got, you know, 16 years old when, when, um, you know, when girls became a thing, uh, that it was like, maybe I should play some guitar and see what happens here. <laughs> Okay. And I saw that it was around 16 or 17 where you got into the writing. And so what was it that inspired that? Was it just like you say, life events that sort of bubbled to the surface and gave you that inspiration? 
Honestly, I think, you know, my mom, um, my, both my parents were really strict, believe it or not, even though my dad had played with those bands and done all that stuff. They were really strict, conservative Christian kind of like upbringing. I think part of that was just it being the 80s or whatever, but they um, they didn't let us listen to secular music. And I remember right around that time, 14, 15, it's like everybody in school is like listening to, you know, all this great stuff. And it's like Nirvana time and all that. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like weezer and everything it's like really rock and and i remember me coming home i was like mom i'm sorry but christian music sucks and i just want to listen to this other stuff she's like well i guess you'll have to write your own uh, oh wow that was a little bit of the you know the leading to like man okay so when i picked up the guitar i never even thought about playing other people's stuff i mean it just i learned a couple of songs quickly you know but for the most part it was like I, this is a tool to write songs and to express myself and and um yeah, it never really has changed. I've always loved it just as much. That is so cool. And I saw right around 16 or 17 as well that there was in church a band that came in called David and the Giants. Yeah. And you had talked about how the singer had kind of told you that you had something. And that was the first time where someone actually sort of uh, embraced maybe the talent that you had. And so I was going to ask you along your journey, those little moments that maybe don't seem so big at the time, are those seeds planted throughout your career that when you look back now, you realize the sort of connect the dots that they've made to the point where you are at now? There's no question. Um, you know, it's it's monster because my you know, my parents used to travel around when that when my dad was a pastor and they would sing like to the tape, you know, the cassette, the do the song special or whatever. And so they sang, it wasn't like, you know, just cause I could sing on pitch, what didn't mean I was a singer. I think, I think what David from David and the Giants, you know, said to me, I mean, honestly, I, I listened back to the recordings of that time and it's like awful. I have no idea what he saw in that, it, but it was unique. You know what I mean? It was a certain kind of thing. And I think the fact that he sort of encouraged me in that I was like, okay, maybe I can sort of fine tune this. And, and yeah, I would say that kind of encouragement. The first time the band played, um, we played like some coffee house sort of, you get three songs, you know, kind of thing. And we got an encore, I remember. And it was like, we only know these three songs. We play the three songs again. And they're like, one more time, like three songs again. So we ended up playing nine, you know, songs. Um, and that was another one. I remember walking out of the door that night and just being like, this is what I want to do forever. Um, this has totally changed that. You know, I saw the Black Crows in concert when I was in college. And I was like, now I want to play rock and roll music, you know, like electric guitars are my thing now. So I definitely, I think those moments in time shape, I mean, I cannot imagine um, how easy it would have been to sort of ignore that and go a different direction. Well, that's what I was going to ask in college because you were playing football at a high level in college, but you were sort of moonlighting with singing and piano playing and guitar playing. So along that time in college, when did the the flip sort of switch that all of a sudden it was like oh yes music is what i want to do pretty early on honestly uh in college I, you know um i loved playing football i mean i can't there's the camaraderie of that is like you know unmatched i know if, it doesn't matter what sport you're playing but you know i mean you just like it's a grueling thing and you get through that with guys it's like it's just so rewarding um and i really enjoyed it but i also by then it had the bug completely i mean i spent all of my time when i wasn't working out or whatever I was I was writing songs um and so yeah those were that was a really like um 
interesting you know time because i know the band wasn't very good and but we're like going out and playing these little things and trying to book shows and even my wife now we started dating in college what became our booking agent you know she had oh, okay <laughs> so i'm like trying to get whatever you know that that um was a really special time because we didn't enjoy those moments. I mean, looking back, it's like you're playing to 30 people in some random, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's you're losing money in gas to get. But yeah, it's such a valuable experience. So I, I really didn't know probably by the time I was a sophomore in college, maybe um, that I wanted to do this forever. And everybody around me was like, you don't don't quit school. <laughs> you're not good enough to quit college. You should stay there. You're on scholarship. Um, so I did luckily finish that, um, as the backup plan, of course, I've never had to really use it. So, and what was it? What did you take in college? I was a political science major. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, so it's, it is what it is. I mean, honestly, the schools that are the things I was trying to balance between football and school and music school was probably the one that took the biggest backseat. So I was really more about getting by, uh, by the time I was a junior or senior, I was like, we were already touring. I had a van and all this stuff. I was like, I know this is what I'm going to do as soon as this is over. That is awesome. And what did your parents think at that point? Cause you said they, they were sort of more on the Christian side of things and, and weren't really wanting you to go that way. So when you started to go that way and make music a career, what did they think of that? Um, yeah, I think they were nervous about it for sure. I mean, I, I had gone on a scholarship to this school called Furman, which is like this liberal arts, very expensive sort of academic school. <laughs> and so I think I think they were like, you're going to throw away that degree to go do this. <laughs> um, and but at the same time, I just remember my mom. My mom was the first per- person I would play songs to that I wrote. I was always like trying to get her approval on that turn and not even just approval, just her encouragement and kind of like she was great with pitch and all that. She was just really um, so you know, they were, they were really supportive. And as things started to go on, I mean, they're, they are definitely our biggest fans in that way. I mean, almost to an obnoxious level, but, um, but, but, you know, I really appreciate sort of that. My craziest thing is I got married right out of college and her father, (laughs) I was like, I mean, I look back at that time, like this guy must've thought I was a total deadbeat. Um, it's like, what are you doing? Your, your wife is working and you're out there in clubs every night. That's what's going to, we're going to do it like this very thankful for some patience from people. Right. And so you hooked up with your brother, Bo and his friend, Seth, after college and Seth had gotten a degree in recording engineering. So without that, where do you think you guys would have gone? Because, because he had that background, you guys were able to record your own EPs off the start. So if you wouldn't have had that to sort of get your feet on the ground, do you think it would have been a different start for you guys? It certainly would. I mean, we've had a lot of conversations about it now. It's like, do we, it was it a good thing or a bad thing? Cause he certainly wasn't great at it right away, you know? Right. But I, I do think it put an emphasis on how you make records and all of us kind of fell in love with that process. And, and it definitely sped up the process for us early on of like, man, we, we have a, a new song that's better than that four song EP we just put out. We want to make another one right now, you know? Um, so that was definitely good for us for sure. Um, I, I think at that point, like once I, got out of college and we were doing it all of us had this sort of attitude that we were going to make we were not coming home until we made it basically right uh, and that's insane i mean i hate i hope my kids do not have that for anything it's just a pure insanity where it's like um you have no money you have no gas to get there but you're like we're doing this you know um, <laughs> turn off the ac we'll save some gas money and let's go uh, <laughs> 
So we definitely had that attitude coming up, which which served us well. Um, you know, it makes us, I think, not take it for granted now that we uh, have had this kind of crazy long career. Yeah, and it's been a slow and steady climb. Like you released your major label in 2006, and then sort of with every album, you took a step and the albums did better and better. And then, of course, in 2015, it was the Grammys. And so along that time, starting in 2006, was there a point for you where you felt comfortable that this was now a career for you? Or do you feel that yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, yes, I, I did feel like that. I don't know if I ever felt like oh, this is going to be a long term career. But in terms of our goals, you know, like we played the the small clubs, you know, in our town, like the 500 seat club or whatever in our town for so long. It was like, I mean, we probably played them 20 times before we sold them out the first time, you know, like all around where we lived and everything. And I think that was the first time, probably in the middle of the Outsiders record, we, it was like, it came out and we sold out all those clubs. And it was like, I think we made it, you know, we weren't making any money. We had no reason to believe that this was a career, but except that it was like, we had an audience. Um, and, and I think we had found a connection point with them. And, and so, yeah, I think that time was like a really sweet, special time for us. And, and even there's just so many more milestones that you put out there, like, a a Ryman Auditorium in Nashville or Red Rocks in Denver or whatever. Those kind of things are, are such a monumental thing when you do them. But looking back, I can't imagine us being any more desperate <laughs> you know, for that success than we were then. Um, and, so and you talk about on stage. Now, when you got to that point of playing bigger venues, you talked about your dad and the theatrics that he had when you were younger. So when you got to those bigger stages, did it kind of, make you realize what you learned from him and what you now took to the stage that maybe came from him? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think even now we're always like, we're always up against some sort of limitations. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how big you get. It's like, so I think most of the way our ideas for shows go, I mean, part of why we wanted to be bigger as a band was so that we could do more of this stuff on the road. It's like, man, it would be cool if we had staging and we could come out of the bottom of the stage and fire would happen or whatever. It's like all that stuff. So I would say that's the way up pretty much every conversation each tour starts with us having really big ideas and then them being like, well, um, that's 27 trucks worth of gear. And we only <laughs> have three. So, uh, but so I, I do think that I feel like we learned a lot. Um, and, and just put up that there's a feeling of when I went to my first rock shows when I was 16 years old, and I saw the thing and it was just so big and epic and so amazing. And it was like, it just seemed, it like took me to this place. And we still talk about that all the time when we're making tours and doing shows. It's like, how do we play to that 16 year old kid? Don't worry about what all these other people say. Like, are we willing to step out there in order for, to give that kid that night of that special kind of thing? So still pursuing that for sure. That is awesome. And while we're talking about venues, you're playing Red Rock again on this upcoming tour and it's already sold out. Now that is a venue for me that is probably at the very top of my bucket list as far as venues go. So talk about that experience and what it is like playing that venue. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, in my opinion, it's the best venue in the world. I mean, it's just, it's really, really special. And that's why people travel to it. I think that's probably a thing that we've learned. Like we had them pull the numbers last time. I was just like, I'm curious how many people are from Colorado that are actually here. <laughs> 80% of out of staters. So wow. people are and so 
I think that's probably what makes the venue so special is the anticipation. These people have made a trek, you know, like they're we're, they're doing the bucket list moment, you know, and they're seeing us, which is just so cool. So honestly, we said this at the beginning. We're like, we don't even have to play that great. People just are so excited. <laughs> um, luckily, we've gotten a little more comfortable. I think the first show we played there, I, I didn't look up for the first 10 songs. It was just so like, really? Yeah, so like heart was racing fast. Like we probably played everything fast. I don't know. <laughs> we settled it down a little bit now where it feels like we kind of like, it feels a little bit like home in a way. And, and man, it is um, such a sweet experience. That is awesome. And so from 2006, like I say, that's your debut. And now all the way along, you gain, you gain, you grow as a band. And then in 2019, you come into a space where you feel comfortable enough to sort of branch out and try the solo route and wilder woods comes about talk about that experience because i saw on social media you posted that it was one of the most challenging and personal artistic journeys that you've ever taken and so talk about when you first wanted to do that why you wanted to do it and how different the experience was than you thought it was going to be yeah um i think why i wanted to do it was just i i was really um new kinds of music was really like new sounds and new types of songs were really kind of sneaking in. And I was honestly trying to like force them into the band. Cause they <laughs> and, and I think I even could tell their reaction of that. It's like, really? Um, so there was some of that. Um, and then I think for me personally, the collaboration thing was just really important. I was like, man, it would be cool to learn just like start over in a lot of ways and meet some new writers and players and see how that goes. And, and also just see what the experience is like, you know, in a totally different place. And, um, I learned so much from that, you know, um, I, I feel like at this point, I don't think the band could be doing what we're doing now. If I hadn't done it, um, I needed to scratch that itch for sure. Oh, okay. Um, it's just still there in some ways, but it's just not as nearly as like screaming at me all the time. Like it was, um, but it just was really special. I learned, I learned, um, you know, how the important decisions are important and the ones that aren't maybe aren't, um, you know, some limitations on the budget even were really good for me to kind of go back and be like, well, we can't afford that. So you need to finish this today. Yeah. Right. There was something really refreshing about that. And, and I've kind of brought that back to the band in a lot of ways. I feel like it's, it's, um, it's actually better for our creativity to kind of keep the momentum and, um, but yeah, really sweet. I mean, it was tough for me because it was forging a new path. I was, I was intentionally picking producers and writers that kind of scared me a little bit. You know, like I would be like, what about this? And I'm like, eh, what about this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was a learning, you know what I mean? It's putting yourself out there in a different way in a, in a learning process. Um, but I can't, I'm, I mean, I'm just so thankful for the time I got to do it. It just, it, um, it really made me love what I do and need to breathe so much more. And, and, um, so I'm sure I'll do more of that. You know, I do think it's like, I mean, I, it's not exactly the comparison, but it's like when Michael Jordan went back and played baseball, uh, it's like, it's a little bit like that. Like he just, he just probably wouldn't shut up about that to people and then just went and did it, you know? Right. Yeah. There's an element of that for me. Um, that was really good. And, and it kind of like, you don't want to go to your grave with those kind of desires and wishes and looking back like, man, I wish I would have, if I just had taken time to, you know, whatever. So really thankful. And you released the work tapes recently that you did those completely on your own, right? Yeah. A lot of the pandemic for me was, you know, I was writing here, but I was I didn't really love the Zoom write thing. People were doing some of that. And, and so it was like, 
I, w- I want to write these songs and get them done, but I don't have anybody that can come over here right now. So it's like, I, nobody's going to hear them if I don't do the demos. So I really, End of the Mystery, the record, was really based on me sort of experimenting in the studio. I had no idea that it was going to be a record, which I, now I look back on, I'm so thankful for. You know, I didn't have, there was just no end to it, you know? Right. So it felt very much like, well, I'm just doing this for me and fun. This, this is kind of a cool sound. Let me chase that, you know? Um, and so fortunate that it turned into something real. But yeah, that was that. So so the work tapes were like that too. It's just like, man, I don't have time to go in there and make a full record with Wilder Woods right now because the band has released two records in a year. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> you know? But I do have songs I want to get out there. Um, so that was a big part to me. And, and it's really sweet to when people sort of, you know, can get over that and be like, Oh, I really like the song and the sentiment and it's a little more raw or whatever. Um, there's something really inspiring about that as an artist. And you talk about the two albums that you released in a, as a band in a year. Now you released out of body earlier in 2020 and like worst timing ever for a lot of albums that happened. And so when did you guys sort of, come to the decision of we need to put out another body of work when things start to get back to normal. So let's start thinking about that. Yeah, it was really natural. I mean, I was writing a ton. I think I probably sent the guys 70, 75 songs. Oh, wow. Fake. Um, and initially I talked the label into letting us do it as a continuation of out of body, which I think was a safer feeling for them. Right. (laughs) this is, this is going to be called Out of Mind. And that really was the the like idea going into it. And it's going to have guests on every song. And we're going to um, film it and make episodes out of it and all this. Like That's kind of how I got the budget approved. And then um, when we got in there, we were in there for two days. And I was like, whoa, this feels like maybe it's a real record. you know? And maybe we don't need all those guests. And maybe... Um, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just happened naturally. So it feels so great that you know, we didn't have this big vision for it at the beginning of this is what it's going to be. It turned into that. And I'm really thankful for that. This record more than anyone feels like just a a blessing to me in the sense of like, um, I just was following down some path with no, you know, there was no need to get off or need no deadline or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so all these like little things we put on ourselves, these goals were, were only our own. Most of them were like, let's just be, free to let this be what it wants to be and let's really so it just felt very artistic for me and um really thankful that it went down that way and so you talked about how you normally do an album in three years and this one was done in three weeks now with the wilder wood stuff it was sort of the same way you didn't really go in with a, a finished product in mind it just sort of happened the same with this album so is that almost uh a freer feeling more than like an anxiety filled feeling for you doing it that way. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I don't know if there's any way you can get rid of anxiety in music. I mean, it's probably drives you in some ways. Um, but I do think, um, I just felt like on the Wilderwood thing and then in, and even more on this most recent thing, um, that people can really tell your involvement in a project. It's one thing to have like, you know, a million writers and a million producers and all. And it might be a great song for the radio. It might, but does the band really think this is great? You know? And, and so I, I think a big part of our um, thing has kind of been like, you know what, we need to get some swag back in a way. <laughs> and, and that's really how we do it. Our thing was like, let's just, let's establish what it is that we like and we think is great and not worry so much about whether the fans are going to totally buy into it or not. Um, and so 
I really think our early records were that way because we didn't have a fan base. It was kind of like, you know, we're doing our own thing and we don't care what you, you know. Um, so there's an element to that that feels like it's kind of back with the band and, and, and it definitely is inspiring to have it be a little quicker. I don't know if we'll always make records like that, um, but I don't think, I don't know that we'll ever go back into a studio to make a record either. It feels very much like the way we made this at a house and, and so um, so personal to us, I think, is we'll probably continue for sure. And it feels like perfect timing because throughout 2020, you guys were probably separated as a band. And so coming back for three weeks together and having that reset, not only for yourselves as a band, but for your music, it it just feels like a perfect time to do that and to come out fresh as a band. It, It feels like it might create more excitement in the band than if you would have just taken out of body and taken that out on the road this year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think so for sure. I mean, obviously, everybody is desperate for connection. You know, coming out of this thing, we're still coming out of it. You know, it's yeah. Like, um, I, but I do think it makes you appreciate other people. Uh, hopefully, it does. Uh, um, it has for us, you know. And so, I think yeah, not having been on the road also played into that. We just it's we've been on the road for twenty years, really. <laughs> so there's never been a time when it was like, oh, I've got. I've got six months off. You're telling me I'm not doing anything. Um, and that, and so I think when we got back together to work that way, it was just, um, really special in that way. I think we appreciate each other more than we ever have. Um, and we had fun. I mean, I just, I, my kids always think, you know, I'm telling them I'm going to work. They're always like, I just see you hanging out. I don't think that's work, you know? <laughs> but I it really felt like we were hanging out this time and not work. You know what I mean? It felt like, it felt like a, I wouldn't, I couldn't choose a better vacation for myself than what we did um, right that's a really special thing that's i mean that doesn't come off come along very often it's not always gonna be that way so we're really appreciative and chances is one of the songs that came about while you were living in the house you wrote that song one morning very quickly talk about that song and then was all the other material brought in beforehand or were there other songs that were created while you were in the house as well most of the songs were brought in with the exception of that one the only difference was i think these were probably less um demoed out songs we normally would take into a record so the process really was in the morning you know we kind of sit in this they had this parlor room in there with the piano (laughs) we'd kind of grab a coffee and sit in there and and kind of talk through the song and then play through it acoustically and get a game plan for the day like we changed arrangement i mean we made monumental decisions about the songs within a 10 minute period which you know it could be scary but we're like we're along for the ride we're just doing this you know um and so that was a really different way i think of making records so it, the production on the songs changed a ton in the house and right. that always happen when you go to make a record and i think really it, it really made it softened the record in a lot of ways because we wanted it to sound like the house so there were strings and acoustics and um you know i don't always think house records would sound that way but just felt like the thing for this one um and chances like you said was one of those that i just i woke up in the morning and it kind of fell out of the sky um you know it's one of those uh conversation i had with tyler burkham our guitar player we were just talking about man you know after my boat my brother left the band this pandemic thing happens and we've got like these new we're trying to like reestablish ourselves as a band that can do it you know yeah <laughs> and and i was like i feel really good right now but i also don't feel like like satisfied or satiated i feel like this and he was like yeah it's kind of like you know, as if, if you were in a war and you were in the bunker and like, you've got a little peace time, you take your helmet off, you smoke a cigarette, but you know, the war's not totally over. And I was like, that's a song that for me, 
Yeah, so that's the first lyric of that song. That kind of how the, the next morning I got up and wrote that, but um, felt like it made sense for us. Wow. And you talk about your brother leaving the band. How important was the last year and a half in you guys creating these two albums and showing yourselves that you can do it and that you still have this creativity within you and that you still have a cohesiveness that will allow you to move forward for years to come. Yeah, I think I think out of body was certainly an experiment in that. It felt it felt very much like that walking in the studio like, okay, this is definitely a new dynamic. We're going to have to change the way we do things and lean on different people and all those. Um, what was really cool is I think that it became more about like, I think probably halfway throughout a body, we were like, okay, we got this. Like there's something special here and we get to explore this for the next however many years. This is going to be great. So it was really more about um, letting the fans know that, you know, in a way it's like, it's, it's so this, I think, I think a bunch of what we've done has been like, man, we feel like this is great. We can't wait for our fans to hear like where this is headed and what we're doing. And, and um, so it, it turned into a kind of confidence I think, you know, um, and so definitely this record, even though it's a, a quieter record, I think is a very confident one in the sense that it takes a lot of um, bravery to put a record out that says raw and as, as quickly done and all those kind of things for somebody in our circumstance, you know. Um, so I do feel like we're carrying that into the tour. There's a lot of um, a lot of a lot of thankfulness, but definitely a lot of confidence about what we can do. Right. And I know I have to let you go, but I just wanted to ask you one quick thing. You mentioned out of body was about going beyond your own ego and giving your soul to the most important seat at the table. Now, I know that you got, you don't come across as someone with an ego for sure, but I want to ask you along the way as you find success is, does it become more difficult to sort of put that ego aside and have that confidence, but not let the ego take over that confidence? Yeah. I, I think, I think, um, in some ways it's gotten easier as I've gotten older. Um, you know, in other ways there's new challenges to it. And, and I think a big part of its identity, you know, what do you, if it, I think everybody knows this, if you're a musician, I mean, you've had to have learned this at some point that like the audience doesn't, doesn't, um, they don't tell you, tell you who you are, but it gets to be very, it gets easy to believe that. You right. Know I mean? And, um, so I think that's a thing that was so important about getting beyond that. And also, you know, this ego is made up of all these, you know, experiences that you've had uh, and all these fears and all these, you know, whatever traumas and all those things. So I was going through a lot of that kind of therapy and a lot of like, um, I, I deal with a lot of anxiety and those kind of things. And, and I was just really, I just got sick of some of those anxieties making the decisions for me. If that makes sense. My yeah, for sure happening and it's like man why wait, wait, wait pump the brakes right here we got to get beyond that like i want to see myself from the outside and rather than just like just how i'm feeling on the inside letting that dictate everything um so that was kind of the experience i think um i know it's trippy for some people the out of body experience you know so but it really wasn't as kind of like i don't know as psychedelic as that sounds it, it really um for me it was it was about getting beyond ourselves a little bit and and um you know, taking chances and all those things. Well, that's awesome. Well, it feels like you've done that over the past couple of years with Wilder Woods taking the chance on that. And then with the new album, taking a chance on just going in and getting this done in three weeks. It's, uh, it's very inspirational uh, to see what you've been able to do this, this far into your career with all the success you've had, you're still willing to take those chances. Yeah, I, th I think that's really, I mean, I had this conversation with 
um, Carrie Underwood <laughs> when we were doing the CMT thing. Right. I was like, uh, I was talking about, I was like, why did you, I was literally, I was like, why did you say yes to this? <laughs> because, <laughs> because we're not, it doesn't make total sense. You know, it's like we had, I'd sung on a, her record and those kind of things, but yeah. career wise, you can, she can have a duet with anybody, you know, it's like, and we're, you're letting us play. Our band is playing on CMT and you're our guest. That's what's happening here. And she really was like, I thought it was very wise. She was like, we've looked back over my career really and analyzed and it just feels like when I've done things because I wanted to, regardless of whether it made sense or not, if it was inspiring, those have been my most successful things. Um, and so anyway, from, from her lips to God's ears or whatever, it's like, it's, it feels like that's kind of what we'd like to do. That is amazing. Well, congratulations. Have fun on the tour. I know, like I say, Red Rocks is on there. You have the uh, Greek in LA, first time playing Bridgestone Arena in Nashville for a headlining show. So congratulations and enjoy the rest of the year and what it'll hold for the band. We will, man. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys once again so much for listening and thank you to Bear for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out the band's new album, Into the Mystery, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us on whatever streaming platform you are listening on and give us a review, rate us, tell your friends, your neighbors, your grandparents to come over and have a listen. That support means the world. Thank you so much once again for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Mm -hmm.